please the supreme personality of God. You cannot understand this fact. Your only activity should be those. Our education should be such that we can become elevated to Krishna consciousness. In this verse, the great sage Narayana directly insults the king because he was engaged in performing a sacrifice that entails the killing of a great number of animals. The king was thinking that he was great for having performed so many sacrifices. The great sage Narada directly chastises him, informing him that his annual killing only leads to him, to his being puffed up with false prestige. Actually, anything that is done which does not lead to Krishna consciousness is a sinful activity. And any education that does not lead one to understand Krishna is false education. If Krishna consciousness is missing, one is simply engaged in false activities and false educational pursuits. Not having a point 
uh, on a single pointed focus that my performance of sacrifice is for the pleasure of the Supreme Lord. So why are you doing such sacrifices? You are actually being very merciless. You are slaughtering many animals for the sacrifice to happen because your goal is not clear. And because your goal is not clear, which is to satisfy the Supreme Lord, and your goal is fruited. Um, because he is bias king, he is not demoniac king. So, but if your goal is fruitive, it's nothing to do with satisfying the Supreme Lord, it's leading to mass slaughter. So now, um, when I read this verse and the purport, the one thing which struck me, which made me very inquisitive, was how come, how come pride is connected to being merciless and animal slaughter? Because that's what the verse is. Out of your pride, you are killing an animal. So, uh, because we hear, you know, there are, there are four legs of religion. You know what I to say? Four legs of religion. Compassion. Mm-hmm. Mercy, compassion. Austerity. Truthfulness. Austerity, truthfulness. Cleanliness. Cleanliness. So now, what we have heard, we will be reading scriptures, which is, of course, and proper teachers as well, that cleanliness is connected to illicit Austerity is connected, austerity is lost with intoxication. Cleanliness is lost with illicit sex, austerity is gone with intoxication, truthfulness is gone with, with gambling, and mercy is gone with meditating and sorrow. So now, but here the connection is Mercy is going because of pride. So uh, that's where that's what made me inquisitive. Why this connection? What makes it happen? So um, you know, traditionally, in as as the Vedic culture teaches us in India, this traditional sacrifice would happen, where animals are slaughtered, and we have heard in a number of lectures already so far that the purpose of not the purpose of slaughtering the animal was not to not to basically kill the animal and eat the meat, but was to just test the power of the mantras of the Brahmanas and then perform the sacrifice successfully. So I found one purport in which Shilpraga gives a uh, he explains it very nicely. I'd like to read a small paragraph. Prabhupada says, these animals were meant for sacrifice it does not mean that they were meant to be killed. Animals are killed. He is saying they meant for sacrifice, it does not mean they meant to be killed. The great sages and realized souls assembled to perform yogyas, and their realization was tested by animal sacrifice. And he gives an example just as in modern science, tests are made on animals to determine the effectiveness of a particular medicine. <laughs> so I compare. But when you doing a test on a medicine, that is cruelty. That is actually killing the animal, the animal is dead, suffers the pain. But here, Prabhupada continues, The Brahmins entrusted with the performance of their care were very realized souls, and to test their realization, an old animal was offered in the fire and was rejuvenated. So that's the difference in animal testing and the Brahmins testing. The animals gathered were not meant to be killed and eaten. The real purpose of the sacrifice was not to replace a slaughterhouse, but to test very mantras. 
by giving an animal new life. Animals are used to test the power of mantras, not for meat. Huge difference. So, uh, for many devotees also, uh, who come from a background of, of participating in animal rights and maybe protesting for it, it's very hard to understand this. But sometimes one can actually digest it and understand the, the, the real import of the power of the mantras of the Brahmanas. So, um, but what we see now, still many people committing the same act in the name of tradition is completely misquoting the actual tradition which Vedita is teaching. So, so now just some traces of tradition are left and which is, which is used to still fulfill that particular activity. You know, you will be surprised to know that marriages, which is meant to be an activity where Lord Vishnu is called in and a yagya is done, the fire sacrifice is there and Lord Vishnu is, is, is called in to bless the bride in the bridegroom. To have a, a happy, successful married life, forget about having a person like a normal person I'm talking about. In marriages, hundreds of animals are slaughtered and served. Hmm. In some places, 56 goats are slaughtered in one house. And that's the feast, that's the party where, where the sacrifice is done, calling Lord Vishnu to make it a successful event for the happy married life of girl and boy. Hundreds of animals are slaughtered to feed. So, there is a huge mismatch in this teaching. So, but today, this is, this is misquoting the Vedic traditions and just for the sake of, because they are traditions, one still continues this uh, animal slaughter. But we will see how this verse is, is giving another aspect to it, that how pride is leading to violence, this particular verse. So you see, how pride is leading to violence, you know, um, there is a, we all know that word empathy, Opposite of word empathy is apathy. So, apathy is feeling, and apathy means no feeling. So when we have no feeling for the other person or the animal or the entity, that's being very that's 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 like you know you have no no empathy uh, for that person. So um, in uh, I went across uh, I saw one purport of first chapter seventeen chapter uh, in which. Uh, this basically this section is discussed, but then in the 24th verse, Prabhupada really makes amazing explanation. I'll just read a short paragraph and then we'll explain on that. He says, But gradually, as the basic principle of Brahminical culture, namely austerity, which we just discussed, austerity, cleanliness, mercy, and truthfulness, became curtailed by proportionate development of pride attachment and intoxication. So, he is not saying here that mercy, cleanliness, truthfulness, austerity is gone because of gambling, meat eating, intoxication and ill success. 
Prabhupada is saying, they became curtailed by proportionate development of pride, attachment, intoxication, and the whole purpose of Prabhupada actually further influences. And he says, the path of salvation or the path of transcendental bliss retreated far, far away from human society because of these three practices. So both are correct, but this is the context why he is explaining like that. But this, this workbook actually gives a hint towards this section, this particular verse, that how pride can lead to be merciless. You know, uh, let's, before coming to pride, you can see, you know, people, when they are intoxicated, they may not be very pumped up fellows, but just, just under the grip of being intoxication, or, or under the grip of intoxication, people don't mind, because they are completely, the senses are not in their control, they don't mind being merciless, but they can beat or hurt or harm another person, they don't love one, they relate Last year only I remember very, very clearly, you know, read that music, I was really shocked that a young boy who was intoxicated was searching for some money in his grandmother's wallet. And she just suddenly came from behind and checked him, you know, what are you doing? And he got so upset. Sense out. He started punching his 85-year-old grandmother. And she just, just, they just survived. You know, intoxication led to no mercy. Uh, and lost the whole thing. As I was seeing, you know, if you if you read news, one fear of this coronavirus this pandemic um, was practically in the whole world. This one point was raised a lot that when people are more at home, domestic violence will increase. So when I read this popular profile, very sick, saying. Uh, pride, attachment to women, intoxication. This will lead to all these bad qualities to develop even more. And when you read this, the domestic violence is on the rise. You know, you, you can't compare it because if you see the causes of domestic violence, there are three main causes. First is male wants superiority, and then he is not respected the way he wants, his orders are not fulfilled the way he wants. He wants to control women by force and then he leaves. This is the top reason of, of causing that merciless violence. Second reason is he wants to forcefully enjoy and it's no agreement violence. And the third is under intoxication violence. This violence is committed. So, you know, whereas this trying to understand this word apathy more that why this this there is a feeling of no why the why this there is a feeling that you can't even see the other person's pain what actually happens you know what what type of psychological mindset is that you can't even see and you even if you're seeing the other person painful pain you just you just don't feel it it doesn't bother you and this came across that there's one of the synonyms synonym of this word is you know psychopath which is a very strange term used for lunatics and mentally disordered people, but it's exactly used for such people also. And then very interesting thing I saw that there is a term for organizational psychopaths. That even in companies, one out of five CEOs are psychopaths. <laughs> you know, then, then there are two studies which I read yesterday. One is in 
been avoided if he would have given the five villages. But his pride didn't allow. Huh? So his pride didn't allow. And what violence he caused? That 650 million people <laughs> were slaughtered because of one man's pride. Huh? <laughs> this is huge. This is just 100,000 kings he wanted to slaughter to be a very powerful king. But here Duryodhana's pride, one person's pride, of course, many factors are involved, but, but he is the key figure. He was the one against all the five brothers and against Krishna also, shining. He was the one. So, uh, so then when this happens, such a huge number is slaughtered, then on the contrary, Yudhishthira Maharaj is feeling very bad that these many people there have been killed because of the bad because there is no pride in Yudhishthira Maharaj. Of course, when we speaking of pride, there are many other plus uh, and the madness and the illusion are also attached to it. But we are trying to understand why pride is leading to violence based on this particular purpose because Narada is smashing, uh, very heavily speaking to King Prachinamari, that you are foolish. It is your foolishness that you are killing so many animals and just what you do, it will just increase your policy with your pride. And you will become even more proud. So, um, you know, these, these are like so many such examples. And then Prabhupada goes further in the purport where he says, very nice purport he says, actually anything that is done which does not lead to Krishna consciousness is a sinful activity. Any education that does not lead one to understand Krishna is false education. And if Krishna consciousness is missing, one is simply engaged in false activity, false education for schools. Because Narayana in the purport is telling him that if your activity is not leading you towards pleasure of the Supreme Lord, then that activity is useless. Narayana is telling because of your foolishness, you do not want devotional services, the only way to please Supreme Lord. And he's saying you cannot understand this fact. You, you cannot understand this fact. So, actually, from the last five chapters, the hard work. Narayana has done something in Kuchinamari. It's just amazing what all he has done just to bring him to, to a point where he can directly chastise in life like this. Before he could not do it, he was just indirectly speaking. Now he is actually chastising because transformation is going to take place in his divorces. So, you know, uh, you know this is a very famous verse, first and second chapter. This is Adhapam Vidyashrestha, Varnashama Vidyashrestha. He says, O best among wise one, it is therefore concluded that the highest perfection one can achieve by distracting the duties to strive for one's own occupation according to caste division and orders of life is to please the personality of God. So if that's a proper specifically uses the term. If our activity is not leading to this particular result, then it is simple. And when you analyze how it is simple because I am not causing sin, if maybe at that moment you may not be directly acting sinful in terms of laws of karma, but it will lead you to act sinfully, gradually. Because anything done for sense gratification, you will be pushed in that direction. Maybe not now, maybe just be pushed in time. So, um, as, as I was reading, I was going through 
exact point which which brings us to what lord chaitanya is seeking what is his mood and what is shrupa's mood so let us read that small part let any man of any place or community cast of the be engaged in any sort of occupation duty but he must agree to perform sacrifices as it is recommended in scriptures for the particular place time and person it is recommended to perform sacrifices in the vedic literature it is recommended that in kaliyuga people engage in devotional work by chanting holy name of krishna kirtana devo krishna mukta sangam parambrate without offense and there are some uh, lines of verses the lord has declared openly bhagavad gita how he becomes pleased with us and the same process is practically demonstrated in the life and teaching work of lord shri chaitanya mahaprabhu the perfect process of performing yagya the sacrifice to please the supreme lord hari the personality of god who gets us free from misery of existence is to follow the ways of lord shri mahaprabhu in the dark age called in the sense that this is basically directing us to the deviation in the preaching work so understanding how this this uh, uh, pride is leading to violence you know today is a very special day today is very very uh, nice day actually um, in india it's a lot of other people will be in millions flocking near ganges today is janam sotami today is uh, the day when uh, mother ganga not actually descended on earth today but uh, mother ganga was released from the body of king uh, janamrishi sage jan in nordic uh, in near mayapur so there is a janu beach there is a island named on uh, that uh, sage janu so um, very nice person actually how am i mother ganga descended is you know, there was a king sagara king sagara in ishwakuta i see the line saying which lord ram himself came and he had two wives i think wives named uh, keshani and sumati so not having a child lord the, the king performed many sacrifices and through keshani he had one son but through sumati he had 60000 sons <laughs> 60000 sons <laughs> so um, now having so many sons such a power this king now wanted to customize the area it's a horse sacrifice so the horse was sent throughout the the country and the the idea of sending the horse is if anyone stops the horse they have to give fight to the king who will send the horse and whoever wins if the king wins who will send the horse then the other king has to give taxes uh, otherwise the the king if he loses then he cannot perform this or sacrifice which is actually to establish a sovereignty towards on the whole planet so now the 16000 sons are going you know some uh, some planets soldier comes at indra to be scared that oh again this is such a sacrifice so he stole the horse and he hit the horse but The sixty thousand sons that they were searching for the horse, they went to a cave where Kapila Muni was doing his meditation, and they thought Kapila Muni is here. So seeing him as sage, they didn't kill him, but they started serving his meditation. And Kapila Muni, such a powerful personality, he got so upset after being disturbed that he burnt the sixty thousand sons of King Sagar on the spot to ashes. 
So now, Sandal one. So now, horse is not there, Sandal one there. So, King Sagar sends his other son, I think his name is Ayushman, I'm not wrong. He goes and he retrieves the horse, King does the sacrifice. And now the time is to do Shraddha huh, or Pinder for 60,000 dead sons. So, what has happened my, till then, during that time, that Agastha Rishi, who was being disturbed, means other many rishis being disturbed by demons coming from the sea during the day and night they would go and hide in the sea. These this rishis, they contacted others family. This happened before this Sagar, this king Sagar's son getting killed by, uh, by king uh, Kapila Muni. So, then they approached other family saying that these demons are disturbing us, they are going to hide in the ocean in the night day and they come and disturb us. Can you do something? Agastya was such a sage. He drank the whole ocean to kill the demons. So now when he finished all the water, there was no water. It was a drought situation. So now there is no water to perform the ceremony for the 60,000 sons. That means they are suffering in hell. There is no shadow for them. So now King Sagar told his son Ayushman he lived a life of a king then towards the end he Worship Lord Vishnu, they were advised, we pray to Lord Vishnu so that Mother Ganga can descend. And if she comes, the situation will be normal, back to normal. You can, she is very pure, coming from the tip of the toe of Lord Mahamadev, she is, she is very purifying and she will again through the ocean, what a problem will be solved. So now this Ayushman does sacrifices, no result. His son did it, the sacrifices, no result. Then his son comes Bhagira. Now, speciality of Bhagira was that he did no sacrifice, living a whole life of king and then later deciding to do sacrifices. He thought, no, first I saw the problem, then I enjoyed the kingdom. Then let my ancestors be relieved from the reactions of Kapila Muni. And so his, from his youthful age, he started doing sacrifices. So, Lord Brahma became pleased, Lord Vishnu became pleased, they requested Mother Ganga. Mother Ganga agreed, but she said that from heavenly planets, where she is known as Mandakini, if I come down with my force, earth is going to split into two and I will go down, because my force is intense. So, I had a solution for that. Then again, Lord Shiva was requested, prayed. And then Lord Shiva agreed that, okay, in my chatana, in my hairs, I will control Mother Ganga's force and gradually I will release her. So, when Mother Ganga came in Lord Shiva's chatana, this is, what is it called? Matted. Matted hairs, yeah, matted hairs. Uh, Lord Shiva didn't release Ganga, he holded Ganga. So, for that he got the name of Ganga also because he, he kept he accepted Mother Ganga in his hair. Then gradually he released Mother Ganga, Mother Ganga flows from Himalaya coming down. Now this is normal part of India. Now she is flowing down and this Bhagirath is taking Mother Ganga to the kingdom where he wants to perform this Sraddha. So now he is leaving and Mother Ganga is coming. Now suddenly Bhagirath notices that Ganga is gone. 
And what happened? So he noticed that there was a sage called Janu who was doing his meditation in this Nadia place, Nautil area. And when the force of Ganga was coming, that Ganga just disturbed his Kamakulu, his water pot, and he also got disturbed and he got so upset that he swallowed the whole Ganga. Then again, Bhagavad had to plead. Again, Bhagavad had to pray to King Janu to relieve Mother Ganga. And from his right ear, that not King Janu, sorry, Janu Rishi. Then from his right ear, he releases Ganga. And that's where Mother Ganga gets the name Janavi, daughter of Janu Rishi. So that's where the name Janavi comes from. And then Mother Ganga is released, and uh, what to say? Uh, King Bhagirath satisfies his forefathers, 60,000 forefathers, and then water problem was solved. But now this day, which is Janu uh, Saptami, uh, because it's Janu Rishi's day, and Mother Ganga's delivering the, the, the ancestors of Bhagirath also is there. So now this Janu Rishi was not just ordinary Rishi or other Rishis. He actually got Darshan Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and entertained there. And that's why the whole, whole week is on his name. It is said in uh, that Navdi Mandal Parikrama where Lord Nathanda takes Gibra Swami and shows him all the different places in Navdi, all the different islands. Then he takes him to this Janamu Island uh, where all this pastime happened. He was explaining the whole pastime. And he was telling him that even because now Mother Ganga is daughter of Janu. So, and Mother Ganga's son was Bhishmadev in Mahabharata, we see. Bhishmadev was son of Mother Ganga. So, even he came and meditated and prayed and offered his obeisances to Janu Rishi. And there, even Bhishmadev was the birth, that Mahasri of Chaitanya So, nothing on the that book, Mahatma, and the book says that. So, um, so, nice day today. Uh, this 10 days, there's a huge festival. People just go and take bath in Ganga. Those who cannot take bath in Ganga can sprinkle some water on their head. <laughs> we don't have, <laughs> I think so. But, uh, uh, it's a little bit. So, you go now. Oh, nice. So, that's what, um, from the purple and the verse, I wanted to share or start this if there's any question or comments or correction we can take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>